Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> ah, hello there. How delightful it is to see you return to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we've got a very interesting item. If you'll follow me to this section of the shop, this is a place where we keep memorabilia and artifacts depicting the creation of many races and peoples throughout the world. Of course, every group of peoples has their creation story, whether it be from the book of Genesis or whether it be from something like this. If you'll take a look at this artifact, it is from the Choctaw Nation. And theirs is an interesting creation story. This item depicts the Great Mound from which the creator fashioned the first people of the Choctaw Nation. These people clawed their way through the dark cave into the light and became the first of the Choctaw people. And the story of the Choctaw people continues on, but this is where it deviates for our purposes today as we pull out the mutoscope and take a look at the new Disney Plus series, Echo. So when I found out that Disney Plus was going to be doing a series, Marvel was going to be doing a series about the Echo character, Maya Lopez, who we saw featured fairly heavily in the Hawkeye series, a series that I, for one, I really enjoyed it. With Disney and with Marvel, you either get some people that are going to love everything or because it's Marvel, because it's Disney, you get some people that are going to hate everything because it's Marvel, because it's Disney. I kind of fall somewhere in between. I, I am definitely the type of person that if something's good or at least watchable and I enjoy the time I spent watching it, then I'm going to give it a favorable review or I'm going to comment on it favorably. Uh, if it's not so good, I'm not going to. But this is one of those series of Hawkeye that I actually quite enjoyed. My wife and I watched it and as much as I didn't think I would enjoy a series about Hawkeye, who is not necessarily one of my favorite Avengers or one of my favorite comic book characters, he's always just kind of felt like a background character. Uh, Jeremy Renner, does a great job. He's a good actor. And having him play Hawkeye it made this character engaging. The show, I thought, was done pretty well. And I quite enjoyed it. Uh, you, you add in Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin and all the other actors that they had a part of the Hawkeye show. It was a good show. So when I found out that we're going to do uh, another spinoff of a character that I didn't really know that much of and... I don't know as if I wanted an Echo series, but we were going to get one. So I was quite interested to see how it was going to go. Because for my money, I really enjoyed the Echo character, uh, Maya Lopez, in the Hawkeye series. I thought it was an interesting character. And I know the Echo characters are a little bit different from the comics. Uh, of course, in the comics and in the show, Echo is deaf. But in the show, they also made Echo an amputee. Uh, which the actress who plays Echo is an amputee. So I, I thought that was a really interesting way to kind of adapt 
the story and the life of the actor to the character that the actor is playing. And I thought it really worked all in all. But there again, like I said, uh, I didn't really know much about the character Echo. I just know that I really liked Alakwa Cox as my Lopez slash Echo in the Hawkeye series. And the backstory, that what little backstory you got of this character in the Hawkeye series, the backstory with the Kingpin, the change in this character from the beginning of Hawkeye as a, a Kingpin lieutenant who is a killer, an assassin, and finds out that Kingpin, and this, you know, if you've watched the Hawkeye series or you know the comics, you know this. If you haven't, I, I, I can't help you. This is going to be a spoiler, but I'm babbling on right now, giving you time to to fast forward or to to hit pause. But she realizes that Kingpin is the one that killed her father, not Hawkeye. Of course, on the show Hawkeye, it was Hawkeye. In the comics, it was actually Kingpin said Daredevil had killed her father, and she comes in both instances to realize that it was Kingpin who tried to blame it on Hawkeye slash Daredevil. And we end that series, the Hawkeye series, with her uh, leveling a, a pistol at Kingpin's head and pulling the trigger. Uh, we know Kingpin's not dead at the end of Hawkeye. And by the trailer we got for Echo, you knew that Kingpin wasn't dead. But I thought you had a really interesting premise for a story. You had this relationship between Echo and Kingpin. Uh, the trailer made this seem like this was going to be a real gritty and dirty street crime sort of story, almost kind of bordering into to the a mob type story. It really would have been interesting to see something a little more, like I said, from the streets like that. And the idea that they were going to do this, uh, like I said, uh, a more gritty, more grisly series, because they're doing this under the newly created Marvel Spotlight, which, uh, if you know the comics, Marvel Spotlight did a lot of kind of one-off stories uh, with characters that nece weren't necessarily going to get a full comic series of themselves. They're kind of background characters that they would put a spotlight on and give you a story about that character. Well, they've decided to do that with the TV versions of, of Marvel uh, characters. Uh, they're doing Marvel Spotlight where you're going to get a limited series, much like Echo is going to be a limited series. You know, they can always change their mind on that, but judge them from what we got. I don't think that is going to happen. You can call it, that's not a spoiler. That's just my thoughts, and we'll get into those a little more. But but the Marvel Spotlight stuff is intended to be a bit more, like I said, dark and and grisly, and we're supposed to see more blood and some more swearing. It's supposed to be grittier stories, much like we got with a lot of the stories that Marvel did with Netflix, like Daredevil like The Punisher, uh, like Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, Iron Fist. Uh, it didn't feel like Iron Fist got that grisly or, or dark, but you know what I'm saying. And for all intents and purposes, I, I think they were dipping their toes in the water with this series Echo. Uh, they didn't go all in. They didn't dive right into the deep end of the pool as far as doing dark and gritty and grisly and bloody and full of swear words. Uh, you had some swearing. You had some language. It wasn't horrible. Uh, you had some blood. There were a couple scenes where they did some things. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, Marvel Spotlight. This is, this is a grittier, bloody version of the MCU. Uh, but you didn't get many of those. I mean, you had maybe... 
two, three, four really gnarly scenes, but they were still very tame by comparison to to other shows and movies that really dive into. I mean, shit, it's it's tame by comparison of what they did on the Netflix. Uh, Marvel shows. So while they're kind of painting this as like Marvel rated R, it really felt more like Marvel rated PG-13. But for the most part, I have to say, I enjoyed the series well enough. Uh, I wanted to like it a lot more than I did. And now that I've had some time to sit with it and think about it, there are a lot of things they did right, but it feels like there were more missteps in this. They had a really good idea for a story. You have this woman who grew up with the kingpin. He looks at her as his daughter. She finds that he actually killed her real father and tries to kill him. She's escaping him. Kind of that godfather thing. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. You have kingpin trying to get her back uh, into his good graces. You have that aspect. You have her running from Kingpin's men back to her own old hometown and reuniting with her estranged family, reuniting with the Choctaw people and the Choctaw culture and the Choctaw mythology and reconciling herself with all of that, reconciling herself with the past and how the past kind of comes back and you hear the echoes of the past. See what I did there? Uh, No, I didn't do that. I mean, they they literally said that in the show. But uh, the echoes of her past coming back to affect her in the present. And you had a lot of really interesting ideas there. Uh, When you take that and you make it darker and grittier and bloodier and more violent, you had the makings of something that could have been really good. I just think the writing failed the show. Uh, This was a show that was five episodes. There is word on the street of a sixth episode that just got nixed because I think this show needed more episodes to go into more detail. There, There were so many things left unexplained and left unexplored that I I don't even think unexplained. It would be okay if it was unexplained, if they would have just explored a few aspects of this. But they have five episodes. It probably should have been more. Uh, you needed more time to develop some of these characters. You needed more time to develop some of the story arcs and some of the redemption arcs. And it just didn't have that time. They wasted a lot of time. And it felt... After I've sat with it a while, it really felt like it was rushed. And uh, of all the opportunities to have a really cool and badass ending, finale to this series, uh, they really dropped the ball on that. And that's a shame when you've got an award-winning actor like Vincent D'Onofrio playing your villain. Uh, You really dropped the ball. Now, I will say that the cast was really good. I I really enjoyed uh, Alacra Cox as Maya Lopez slash Echo. I thought she does a really good job for not being able to vocalize and to have to emote everything with her facial expressions. I think there were some scenes where I think she could have got some better direction from whoever happened to be directing those scenes uh, because there were some scenes where she just kind of had a troubled look on her face. And and I really wish they would have helped her in some of those scenes where she needed to emote a certain way to get there. But all in all, I have to say she did a wonderful job for being able to emote how she did. And her whole performance is based 
solely on body language and her facial expression. I I thought she did a really good job. The fight scenes that she did, you know, having a prosthetic leg. It was quite impressive. Now, there were some clunky fight scenes. There was one that that we'll talk about uh, if you haven't seen the trailer. The one with Daredevil. You've seen the trailer. It's in there. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about that once we get into the spoiler section. It was a little clunky. But all in all, I really enjoyed her as Echo. I thought she did a really good job. And I enjoyed uh, the rest of the cast. I thought it was really good. A couple standouts that I, I really enjoyed seeing was Graham Greene. Always a delight to see him uh, show up in series and movies. He can play, you know, he can play harder characters. He can play more serious characters. But when he does comedic characters, I mean, the guy has just got impeccable comedic timing and and always fun to see him. Uh, Zon McLaren, who plays uh, Maya's father, William Lopez, I believe we saw him in Hawkeye a little bit, but he's another one of those actors that just, uh, I always enjoy seeing him show up in things. And he did a really good job for what little uh, his character was in this series. I really wish we could have seen more of him because he's one of those actors that just is always a delight to see. Devery Jacobs plays Maya's uh, cousin who she, you know, when they were younger, they looked at each other as sisters. But Bonnie, uh, and the interesting thing about that is the fact that Devery Jacobs did the voice for Kahori in the What If Season 2. So, uh, and, and they've talked about her doing a, a live-action version of this character. And <laughs> I thought it was quite interesting. I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg. Was she cast in this and they said, oh, we really we want to use you to voice this character or she voiced the character first and then they hired her to be in this. I, I'm not sure how that worked out or if, or if the two were even connected, but I really liked her. I, the gear, there again, I wish we could have seen more of her in this story, uh, she really wasn't focused on all that much and kind of like like some characters a bit underutilized. But uh, again, I can't wait to see her as a live action version of Kahori sometime in the future. Whether we'll get to see her along with Echo, I don't know. But uh, really interested uh, to see that and really enjoyed her performance. Like I said, what little we got to see of it. And again, like I said, uh, so many other uh, fantastic actors. And I think that was one of the cool things about this is that this was a great opportunity to focus on Native Americans, Native American culture. You had a mostly Native American cast. And in a day of diversity, I think this was a, a really good story to tell that allowed the audience to see aspects of Native American culture and the Native American people and what everyday life is like. And it was a great opportunity that I think they really squandered. There again, not the actor's fault, not the cast's fault. Uh, They all did a really good job, I thought. Uh, I I just think there are some missteps in the writing that made this story miss out on so many of the marks that it could have hit on. So that's all I'm going to say about this in the non-spoiler section. Uh, Like I said, it's an enjoyable enough story. Uh, the actors are really good. The little that they do dive into Choctaw history and lore and mythology is all very interesting. Uh, I just, there again, uh, there's just aspects of that that I don't think they explored enough and that they didn't really make it quite clear as to what was going on. Again, 
I'll get into that a little more in a little more depth in the spoiler section. But if you haven't watched Echo, go check it out on Disney Plus. It's only five episodes, so I mean you can power through this. Each episode they range from close to an hour to just over half an hour. So yeah, I mean you could power through this in a weekend, uh, in a day if you're really dedicated to your binge watching. But uh, go check that out. Come back, listen to my thoughts on Echo. But until then, we are going to head into some spoiler territory. So like I said, I was really impressed with this cast. I thought the cast was really good. I thought you got a lot of really good performances. And I did enjoy the fact that this cast was primarily Native American actors, which, you know, we, unless you're watching a show like uh, Reservation Dogs or something like that, you really don't get many opportunities to see a a TV series or, or a movie with a mostly, if not all, Native American cast. So I thought that was really cool and very important. You know, like I said, in this day of representation, I know that term scares some people off. I think it's a good thing. And it's really cool to see a show like this that features one of the many Native American peoples here in North America, like the Choctaw Nation in this series. And I really enjoyed that. They just didn't dive enough into the culture, I don't think. You know, we found ourselves in Echo's hometown, but we didn't really, outside of their planning this powwow, they really didn't dive into the culture of her hometown, of her people, which felt like, and I get it, it's only five episodes, I think that's where we could have either made better use of the time we had with her in her hometown, or they could have added another episode or two to to really dive into some of those things that I think would have been very interesting, especially from a diversity standpoint. You know, you want people to understand the people being shown that are of a different color, race, creed, nationality. And I think that's where I think diversity, you have the importance in that is when you can help show people the fact from the myth. And I just don't think they did that very well. One of the things I did find cool was how they started off with this kind of genesis story of the Choctaw Nation. Now, it is loosely based on the mythology of the Choctaw people about the mound and coming out of the earth into the light of day. Uh, They made this seem very Marvel and very much like these people almost like a celestial... They're not celestials, but some sort of cosmic beings uh, in another dimension and their world is crumbling and falling and they escape through cosmic means to earth. And become the first Choctaw people. I thought that was kind of cool. Because it mixed the mythology of the Choctaw people and the Choctaw nation with the mythology of the Marvel Universe. I I thought that was done pretty well and pretty cool. I think the aspect of Echo being deaf... I thought was handled really well. They used a lot of sign language in this. And almost every scene had somebody, whether it be Echo or somebody else, using sign language. It did kind of stilt the dialogue because there were some moments where you just had the the actors using sign language and you had the captions underneath, which was fine. But then you had some people talking along as they're signing to Maya Lopez and... It just slowed, you know, they're trying to slow down their speech to match the hand movements of the sign language. It just kind of stilted their performance a little bit. 
So I, I don't know as if that worked, but it was really cool to see all of these uh, scenes play out in mostly with sign language, which you don't get a ton of. And and there again, a, another great way to show some representation uh, from from a deaf person's perspective. And I thought there were some really good scenes that they used where they cut out all the audio completely. And you're essentially in Maya Lopez's head as, as a scene is playing out where She's seeing people moving their lips, they're talking, but she can't hear them. And it was really kind of, for me, not knowing what it's like to be deaf, that was that was very disarming because I'm like, oh, wow, I, I never thought about that. If, if I couldn't hear how confusing and how you really have to pay attention to body language and facial expressions if you're even, you know, especially in a dangerous situation like Echo was in at that time to even know what the hell is going on. And it was really an eye-opening perspective to to put the viewer in in those scenes. I thought that was interesting. Uh, those scenes where she's in the middle of a fight and they drown out all the sound. So you're in the middle of this fight kind of inside of her head. Uh, that was really cool. And I, I thought they did a really good job with that uh, throughout this series. Where things started going downhill for me, and this next thing I'm going to talk about, it was a good idea. I just don't think it was handled very well. Each episode is named after a member of Maya Lopez's family line. And the whole thing is that her grandmother could trace their lineage all the way back to Chaffa, a member of those first Choctaw people who escaped that, that pocket dimension world and came to Earth and became the first Choctaw people. Uh, she could date their lineage back to that character. So that first episode is is named Chaffa. The second episode, uh, Loak, is a Choctaw woman from, I believe, the 1200s. And they're playing stickball, kind of like kind of like lacrosse. She gets a vision of Chaffa and uses some some powers from her to win the stickball game. Then you have Tuklo, who is a woman in the 1800s. Uh, she wants to be one of the light horsemen. Her father's a light horseman, kind of the uh, local Native American police, uh, essentially, in this area where they live. Uh, but that's only for men. And she gets some of the, the power from Lowak and Chaffa to be an expert markswoman. Episode four is Taloa, who is... Uh, Maya Lopez's mother and she is a healer getting her powers from from everyone down the line and the last episode Maya where again she is getting these powers all the way down the line from each of these women in her her heritage who have gained power from this this ancient source that we see at the beginning and and there again I, I, they don't go into that enough I like the idea of her you know, getting these powers from the the women in her lineage dating back to the, the very first uh, Choctaw people, uh, I think it's a good idea. I just don't think it was explored enough. I don't think they explored what this power is or 
how it's passed or where it comes from. I, I get it. It's passed through certain women who can date their lineage back to Chaffa. I, I get that. But they just didn't explain it very well. And by the time you get to that ending, like these powers aren't defined. I, I don't even know what they are. Like they're different for everyone. One's a master strategist. One is a sharpshooter. The other's a healer. Are these just all encompassing powers? They can be, you know, this. You whatever you want to do, you just use the power and and Bob's your uncle. Hero saves the day. I, I I don't know because they don't explore that enough, and that was really kind of disappointing. A, a good idea. I liked the whole story and the whole theme of this of her understanding her lineage and where her people come from and, and the importance of that and drawing. You know, in a real world sense, drawing strength from the people in your past. Uh, in this comic book adaptation, you're most literally drawing a superhero type power from the people of your past. I think that's an interesting idea. I just don't think they explored it well enough. I don't think we got to spend enough time with each of these women to understand them, understand their motivation, understand what made them special to, to draw on these powers other than just their women in Maya's long heritage. Again, this is where I think an episode or two more, or maybe some longer episodes, could have benefited, or or using the time they had within the episodes that they did a little bit better. Because they're from the first episode, which I, I really enjoyed the first episode. I thought the first episode was really good because that's where you did get a lot of the, the backstory between Maya and Kingpin and Maya and her family and Maya and her father. You got some of those flashbacks to the Hawkeye episode with her father being killed. I, it was it was really good. It was dark and gritty. You had some really gritty uh, scenes in that. Some you know some of those street crime scenes that you thought you were gonna get. But then once she goes back to her hometown, it's just a lot of like her going around to see this family member. Her going around to see that family member. They sit and talk about her uh, not being around for twenty years. They sit and talk with her uh, about the fact that she's alienated from her grandmother and she goes on a little adventure here and then she goes on uh, and talks to this guy about this and then she blows something up and it just felt kind of helter-skelter from a writing standpoint there was just felt like there was no clear story to tell let's just have her do some things until we can get kingpin there and then that's when we're gonna wrap this up that's the real story, Kingpin coming back to try and seduce her back into his his family. And even that, they, they just got so wrong because Kingpin felt like he was coming from a place of weakness through this whole series. You know, we're so used to seeing Kingpin from the Daredevil series and from the Hawkeye series being this big hulking brute of a man who is prone to fits of anger but very strategically minded and this it just felt like the whole time he's just sniveling to Maya just trying to get her to come back to New York trying to get her to come back to him he's offering her everything and make her the queen pin which just I don't know if that's from the comics or not, but even even from the comics, that's kind of silly sounding. But at any rate, uh, I, I just... Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is too good an actor, and he does too good a job playing this character to have to play this character this way, almost begging 
Maya to come back. And the Kingpin we've seen up to this point would not do that. I think the only scene we got where Kingpin felt like Kingpin is where Maya was getting ice cream, trying to get ice cream, and the guy's mocking her, and Kingpin, we saw it in the, the trailer, uh, Kingpin went and beat the bejesus out of him. That's where Kingpin felt like Kingpin. And this, uh, the climax of this show just felt so anticlimactic. You had this big showdown with Kingpin and Echo and that moment where like all the ancestors of her past show up there but not like not like transparent like apparitions they really felt like they were in the room and that just seemed like too on the nose okay yeah we get it girl power she's drawing on the power of all the strong females in her lineage which there's nothing wrong with that it, it was done very hokey I, I like again I like the idea of it it was just done too literal. And then instead of having a fight with Kingpin, which that could have been a badass brawl, they just do this thing where she goes inside of his head and tries to heal him. And it doesn't work. That's that's the sad thing of it. It doesn't work. He just comes out of it thinking, well, wh what'd you do to me? What, what'd you do to my head? And I, I'm getting out of here. And just leaves. And it's like... Seriously, that's the best you got out of this. From a writing standpoint, you had his other thugs, Kingpin's thugs, uh, show up. Uh, the one guy's literally sitting on top of an RV NASCAR style with a rocket launcher. And he's going to blow up the powwow. I don't. I don't know. I just. It's. It was kind of silly and nonsensical. And he's killed by just some guy. Well, not just some guy. It's the Henry character, uh, Maya's uncle. But uh, he, he just shoots him, and and we're done there. And the rocket goes up and explodes in the air, and everybody thinks it's fireworks. It's it's all right. Everything's all right. Uh, but that was hokey. The whole thing where Maya gives her powers to her grandmother and to Bonnie and they've got superhuman strength now and they've got glowing hands and they're punching bad guys. That was hokey as well. And there again, it leans into the Maya's powers are just so undefined with this new version of her. Uh, and, and we'll get into the difference between the, the comic book character and this version of Echo in, in a minute. But I want to kind of wrap up this bit on the uh, on the <laughs> climax. But it's you know the powers are undefined, and I I don't know what she can do and what she can't do, or or can she just do everything? Because that seems to be the way things are going. Is that we've got to you know we've got to make these female characters overpowered. And that's what Marvel seems to be doing these days, or, or the writers of these Marvel shows and movies seem to be doing these days. Because, and I get it, you you want to have strong female characters, but when you make the female characters stronger than everybody, like Amelia Clark in Secret Invasion, like Captain Marvel, like Scarlet Witch, uh, it just makes it, it makes superheroes that can't be beat are boring. And I hope they don't do that with this Echo character if we do see her show up somewhere down the road. But I don't know. I liked where they were going with this character as far as giving it powers, but I just think they did it the wrong way, so to speak. Hear me out. So in the comics, Echo doesn't have necessarily superpower superpowers. She is much like Taskmaster, who we saw in the Black Widow movie, at least a version of Taskmaster that we saw in the Black Widow movie, where 
she mimics the fighting style of whoever she happens to be fighting against. Other than that, she's like an Olympic caliber athlete. She's very strong. And she's just a badass fighter and assassin. Now, I know later in her storyline, Echo does receive the Phoenix Force that was in Jean Grey and and bounced around some people. Uh, She got the Phoenix Force, and that's where she developed flight and telepathy and superhuman strength, and, you know, she can kind of generate that cosmic fire. And with the Phoenix Force, I think that's when she became the the new version of Thunderbird, which is another, I mean, the original Thunderbird, another Native American character from the comics that I wish we could see. Uh, We kind of got a variation of that on the Gifted, that short-lived Marvel show with Stephen Moyer. But it wasn't until then that Echo got like superpower superpowers. And I thought that was kind of where they might be going with this, just not with the Phoenix Force. And, And it kind of is but they tied it back into her ancestry, which I'm fine with that. I think I would have liked to have seen Echo be a little more like Echo from the comics, just a just a badass fighter. That way, you know, this series could have gone grittier. It could have been that like street crime type of show that the trailer promised us. You didn't have to have a bunch of CG effects. You didn't have to have a lot of superpowers. Uh, it could have been just like a real gritty down-to-earth type of of crime show. But I get it. It's a superhero show, so they wanted to give her superpowers. It is from the comics that she does eventually get superpowers, uh, just in a slightly different way. Well, no, it's a vastly different way, but I guess it all leads back to the fact that I just... I don't know what her superpowers are. They just left them so undefined. And the way they handled the communing with the ancestors of her past, where they're just like literally standing beside her. Uh, You know, I don't know if they would have made them like force ghost looking or maybe transparent like their spirits. If that would have helped, Uh, I think that would have helped a little more. Just having him there just felt like, oh, are are they there in the room with her? Like physically, or can Kingpin see them? It just wasn't clear as to what I'm supposed to be seeing on the screen. And if I'm going to ask the question, then it's not done terribly well. But I think if they would have, like I said, kept the superpowers out of this, and, and I get it, you probably had to go the superpower route if you're going with the spiritual route of her having visions from her ancestors of the past and them having powers and passing them on to her. She's got to have superpowers. But if they would have just kept this grounded in reality or, or grounded in a superpowerless superhero mode, uh, I think this really could have worked better because they did some really good things with some of the fight scenes. I really like that first fight scene where uh, she's going with those kingpin goons and they're busting up this this place. I don't even know. I don't even know if they talk about what uh, what's going on there. But that was a pretty good fight scene. The fight scene with Daredevil. I know a lot of people have chided that because it was clunky and not very good. I, I don't think it was supposed to be good. Uh, I think all the Charlie Cox stuff was really good, Uh, the Daredevil stuff, uh, because he's been Daredevil for a while. This is supposed to be Maya in her like late teens. Uh, She's very young. She's not the skilled assassin. This is like her first job uh, that Kingpin's given her. She's not the trained fighter and assassin that she becomes later. So she's not going to be that smooth with her fighting style and then not that smooth 
fighting Daredevil. That's why she gets her ass kicked pretty good. But the fact that she lasted that long with Daredevil impresses Kingpin. So, uh, you know, you can sit there and trash talk that fight scene, but it's not supposed to be like one of these slick two superheroes fighting each other fight scenes. It is a superhero fighting a kid who's just learning how to fight, essentially. Not learning how to fight, but learning how to fight another superhero. But because of that, you know, uh, when you take that into consideration, I really did like that fight scene. I would have liked to have seen a fight scene between Daredevil and Echo now, you know, in this this present day that we're, we're watching this series in. Uh, I think that would have been cool. Uh, I was under the impression that that was a flashback, that fight with Daredevil, but we might see him show up later and we did not. Uh, there again, I don't know whether that was my misunderstanding or something else they cut out because, like I said, they cut out an episode from this. Uh, so I don't know where the story was going to go, but I think just the fact that everything felt so rushed, everything felt so like haphazard in the storytelling and how it ended, and the fact that they're dumping a complete episode out of this, and the fact that they dropped all five episodes at once made me think that Marvel was just trying to cut bait on this. Let's put this out there. Let's put it out all at once. We're not going to pe- make people wait week to week and you know give ourselves a week in between each episode of people bitching about this. Let's just dump it all at once. And Marvel is already starting fresh with how they do their, their series on Disney+. Plus. This was the last series done kind of under the old Marvel way. There's a lot of word on the street that... Uh, Marvel is revamping how they do their Disney Plus series. Uh, There's going to be less of them. Uh, The quality control is going to be more hands-on by Kevin Feige. Now, what I understand of this, this all started during the whole writer and actor's strike that happened this past summer. Uh, Kevin Feige got a hold of some of the dailies and some of the episodes uh, in the filming from Daredevil Reborn that's supposed to be coming out. It was supposed to be coming out sooner. I think it's going to be coming out later, probably next year sometime, but... Uh, He got a hold of some of those and just was not happy with it. They ended up getting rid of the writers. They hired some of the writers from the Punisher TV series from Netflix. Uh, Also some of the writers from Loki Season 2 or or Loki in general. And had the Daredevil Reborn series rewritten. I think they kept a, a bit of the original story, but they... They rewrote a lot of things that just Kevin Feige was not happy with. And I think he realized in that that he's got to be more hands-on, that Marvel has to be more hands-on in the quality control of some of these Disney Plus series because the Disney Plus series are some of the things that are getting the most criticism from the MCU and from Marvel right now. And I'll be interested to see how Daredevil Reborn turns out. Uh, You know, I'm looking forward to that. Don't get me wrong. And I think it's going to be good. But the fact that Kevin Feige and Marvel are trying to pay a little more attention to what is being put out on Disney Plus gives me hope. And and I hope that we can see a stark difference in how this uh, Daredevil Reborn series looks and feels and plays out as opposed to all the things that have come before. Because for the most part, the Disney Plus series, I think we got that 
in the Disney Plus Marvel stuff and the Star Wars, the Lucasfilms uh, Disney Plus shows. I think you have a an idea that this is just essentially a six hour long movie and we're going to film it and we are going to create the episodes as such. And that's where you get a lot of pacing issues. And that's where, you know, some of these series just feel like they bog down in the second act. What would be the second act if you're looking at the series in its entirety as a, a, a big long movie? And I think they're going to be filming these series, at least Marvel is, they're going to be filming these series more in line with how you film a series. So each episode feels like its own individual story arc. You know, you get a beginning, a middle, and an end. Each episode is going to feel like compact in in the pace of it, but then of course servicing and serving the broader arc of the entire series. So I'll be interested to see how that all plays out and and what we get if we get any improvements on some of the biggest complaints about Marvel uh, Disney Plus series over the past couple years. I'll be interested to see if some of those complaints are rectified with the Daredevil Reborn series. And maybe maybe Marvel may have learned their lesson that they can't just let people go off half-cocked and just do whatever they want because then you get She-Hulk. But all in all, I, I didn't hate the Echo series. I just thought it underwhelmed. I think you had a really good idea a really interesting story with a really interesting character. And you had a lot of really interesting and good actors. You have a story that doesn't often get told uh, from a perspective of a people that don't often get recognized or don't often get stories in comic book adaptations in in a Native American tribe like the Choctaw. Uh, It's cool that we have... Maya Lopez's Echo, uh, played by Alakwa Cox. Uh, it's cool that we have the Kahori character now that we'll eventually see in live action. Probably not going to get her own series or her own show. I think it's another thing that Disney and Marvel have to stop doing is stop taking these B characters that become fan favorites like Agatha Harkness, like Echo. Stop thinking that just because a character is a fan favorite that we want to see a whole series devoted to them. Uh, it, it sounds good in theory, but uh, you know, on paper it's good. But when you make it, uh, when you make it a reality, sometimes you know, I, I just didn't care enough about that character to see a whole six-hour or however many hour series about them. And if I am going to enjoy that, it better be effing good. It better be tight. The story better be tight. The writing better be tight. The pacing better be tight. It better be on the mark because I won't put up with shitty movies from the characters I do like or or shitty TV series from the characters I do like. I'm certainly not going to enjoy a character that I only marginally have interest in if it's not good. So, you know, say if you're taking some of these mar- marginal lesser known characters and doing a series about them, you better freaking do them well. And they better be spot on or or people are going to lose faith in some of these, you know, lesser characters getting their own series. And you're doing a disservice to the character because a lot of these are cool characters like the Echo character. 
And, and I think that's what you got with this. You got a, a great idea, a great character, a lot of great actors, and the story underwhelmed, the writing underwhelmed. You had a character that, I get it, it's supposed to be an anti-hero, but they made her so unlikable in so many scenes and such a chip on her shoulder. Uh, she's the one that didn't have any contact with her family, but she's making them out to be the the bad guys because they didn't call her when she didn't call them and and granted in in real life uh you know both sides got to give a little bit uh but you know she just didn't come across as likable you didn't get a really good redemption arc with her it just felt like she was doing Maya Lopez echo shit uh, no matter how it affected anybody else in her circle of family and her circle of friends, I'm going to do what I want. F the consequences that might come down on anybody else. You never felt like she had that change of heart. She had that conversation with her mom ghost or, or maybe she was really there. I don't know. She was... It looked like a very corporeal form. Uh, I don't know what it was supposed to... It, you know, it's supposed to be a spirit, but you couldn't tell it by the way they filmed it or, or any effects that they put on it. But she has that conversation with her mom, and then all of a sudden she sees the light of day. And there again, in the rushed nature that this series had, the, the change of heart that, okay, now I'm going to be a good guy and honor my family and honor my, my heritage and fight the kingpin which she doesn't even do that she just tries to make him have a change of heart and that's that's really a disappointment because like i said this was a really interesting idea that could have gone far uh it just didn't feel like they had enough story that they wanted to tell and i think there was a lot of story to tell they just chose not to tell it so all in all uh, echo was okay it was good enough uh, it was something that, you know, when my wife and I got finished watching, we're like, oh, that's that was okay. That was pretty good. Uh, I think some of our most glowing re reviews was from the acting. But uh, as a story, it just felt like I was left wanting something. That climax and that final scene with, well, not the final scene with Kingpin, but that final scene with Kingpin and Echo was just underwhelming. Now, we did get the PS scene where... Wilson Fisk is back on his plane and he's seeing the political show and they're talking about how there's no good candidates for mayor in New York City and that if, if they just had a candidate who was a, a fighter and a bare knuckle brawler, I'm like, oh, could they be any more obvious talking about Kingpin? Uh, and then, of course, it piques Kingpin's curiosity and it's leading up to the Mayor Kingpin storyline where Kingpin becomes mayor of New York City and outlaws vigilantes and that makes it tough for people like daredevil people like spider-man people like the punisher and i think we'll see that play into daredevil reborn we may even see that play into the next spider-man movie they're doing a punisher series as well so i i imagine that might play into that as well depending on how soon we get that but that'll be interesting to see where that goes and and if that's all you were doing is doing this just to set up mayor kingpin storyline ah wow that's that's a long way to go and uh, a lot to put us through from a not so good storytelling standpoint to to just get us to the point where Kingpin's going to run for mayor. But that seems to be what Marvel's been doing lately. Give us something mediocre like the Marvels 
just to set up a cool PS scene to tease us about what's to come. Like with the, with the Marvels, it'd be an X-Men. With this, it's Mayor Kingpin. But at any rate, I, I enjoyed this show well enough. Wasn't great. It was okay. I can't say I would look forward to a second season. I mean, from what I understand, this is just a, a limited series and they're not going to do a second season. I imagine if it did better, uh, if it got more critical acclaim they might consider a second season uh, which is a shame for the actors because like i said the actors alakwa cox i think we'll, we'll see her again somewhere down the road maybe in the the daredevil series or the punisher series but uh, i don't know as if we'll see her in the main mcu anytime real soon but i don't think we've seen the last of echo which is good because like i said uh it's an interesting character and uh, a good actress playing her and a very interesting actress the the fact that she did all she did on a prosthetic leg from a from a physical standpoint and the fact that she's deaf and and playing this character without speaking a word that's you know that's quite a feat and i thought she did a really good job so i can't wait to see her in whatever uh, iteration we see her in as far as Marvel and the MCU or on a Disney Plus series. So I want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on the Disney Plus series Echo. You can check out more about what's going on with Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on our social media pages. Facebook and Instagram are always posting about the latest episodes of the podcast. We're always posting about horror, fantasy, and science fiction. No matter where you listen to this podcast, please leave a review. Five stars would be awesome, but whatever review you leave, we appreciate that like follow subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to this and as always share this podcast with anyone that you know that loves horror fantasy and science fiction so until next time thank you for visiting odds bodkins curiosity shop we hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon but even though you may come back you never really get to leave odds bodkins curiosity shop Ha 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 ha!